born to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first... Bill Bunkley here. Pastor Ralph Yankee Arno and I are heading back to Israel and Jordan this summer, and we want you to come along. It's just forty-five ninety-five double occupancy for you to join us, but space is very limited. A $700 deposit secures your spot with final payment not due until May the 10th, giving you time to budget. To see all the places on our 10-day pilgrimage to Israel and Jordan, June 24th through July 4th, Go to BillBunkley.com or call me at 813-264-2977. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to Yankee at YankeeArnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I soul that night and turned my darkness. Do you think the Apostle Paul was always bold? Well, I want you to hold your place right here. Look at this. In 1 Corinthians, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And notice what he says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And look in verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. And look at the next words. In much trembling. So um, what was he afraid of? Uh, He did not want them to put their confidence in Paul, but in the Lord. And so that's why he says in verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. And the reason in verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You believe what I'm saying because of the power of the word itself. In other words, he did not want to manipulate anybody in any way. But he wanted to tell them the truth. And then you believe the truth. So. Uh, Look what he also says. Look there in the book of Galatians in chapter uh, 6. Galatians in chapter 6. Galatians in chapter 6. When we talk about, you know, praying for people and so forth, he makes this statement in verse 10. As we have Therefore, opportunity, chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. And he desired the people that they would pray for him. And so this is why he said, now look in verse 17. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. In other words, he really suffered. He really did suffer. And so you may not want to suffer like he did. Now, look in the last part of chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians. See there in Ephesians in chapter 6? Look what he says when he tells people to pray in verse 19. says, and for me, pray 
and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. See, it wasn't an accident. Paul, in fear and trembling. I guess he'd been hurt so many times that you don't want to hurt anymore. You don't want any more beatings. You don't want any more stonings. He said, I was beaten with rods. Five times the cat of nine tails across my back. I mean, all the things he went through. After a while, you got shell-shocked. Flashbacks. I don't know, but the Bible says that uh, God says, my grace is sufficient. And just to see him through one more, and then one more, and then one more. And when he finally had to defend himself against King Agrippa, the Lord promised him, says, uh, that they're not, they're not going to hurt you right now. They, they, I'm going to let it let up for a little bit because Paul was, he had been under it. He even wanted to die. He hurt, he suffered, but God had given him the grace to go ahead. And that's what he did. So he says, pray that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds that wherein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So you think if, if the great apostle Paul had to have prayer that he would speak boldly, you think we just might need it? Because isn't it a scary thing talking to somebody about the Lord? It is. Now, go back to the book of Acts in chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And you'll notice in verse 1, as he talked to the Jews and the Gentiles, they both believed, Jews and Gentiles. Where in the chapter right before chapter 13, he spoke to the Gentiles that day in the synagogue while he was talking to the Jews and the Gentiles says, can you come back and preach the word to us? So he did. So he goes back and preaches the word. And when he preaches the word again, well, this time the Jews hated him, stirred up the women against him, and the Gentiles believed. So what did Paul tell him? He says, since you consider yourself unworthy, just look at it one more time. Look what he says down here in verse 46 of Acts chapter 13. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and says it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. We turn to the Gentiles. Now we just showed you. In the book of Matthew, chapter 10, why were the Jews' disciples told to, when you go into this house, if they are worthy, you can stay there and be a blessing. But if they're not worthy, then you're to leave and then shake the dust off your feet. <laughs> well, worthy or unworthy is because they either believed the word or they did not believe the word. If you do not believe the word, then you consider yourself unworthy of eternal life. You can't have it. You rejected it. So those who did receive the word received the gift of eternal life. So that's why he says in the same chapter in verse thir chapter 13, 
And notice in one more time, verse 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles. Now we know Christ is the light to the world, but the Jews were to be the light to the Gentiles also to carry the message, but they rejected it. And so Paul says, I am now going to leave you and go to the Gentiles. And that's also mentioned in the book of Romans in chapter 1. Does that mean, though, in chapter 9 of the book of Romans, that God has forsaken the Jews and they can't be saved now? And No, that's not what it means. And that's why when you notice this, he says, I, I spoke these things to you, and it was necessary that I would, but you have put these things from you, and you didn't want it. So because of that, we've turned to the Gentiles. That's mentioned in verse 46 of chapter 13. Then he says in verse 48, And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. See, God has ordained eternal life to everyone that would believe. The Jews says they did not want it. They rejected it. Okay, so you don't get eternal life. Eternal life goes to those that believe. So the Gentiles were glad, glorified the word of the Lord. That means they believed the word because they believed the word. And as many as people believe, God grants to them eternal life. Now, because they didn't want him. And then you see then verse 50 to 52, they stirred up the women against Paul and Barnabas. So they had to leave the coast. They didn't want them there. But the disciples rejoiced and were glad. Down in verse 52. Then chapter 14, he goes to Iconium. And these are some towns that were there in the place called Galatia. Iconium, Lystra, Antioch, Derby. These are places where Paul had gone and preached the gospel and so forth. And uh, there were two Antiochs. But the, here he makes a statement. In verse 1, they preached and a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. So when you witness to this one and they reject it, you should either quit or go to somebody else. So they went somebody else. They were kicked out of this town. They went to the next town. The next town, Jews, Gentile, both believed. But there's still opposition. So he says in the last part of verse 1 of chapter 14, they believed, and in verse 2, but the unbelieving. The unbelieving Jews, then they stir up the Gentiles, affect their minds. And there's always going to be somebody who is trying to affect the minds of people so that they do not believe the gospel, trying to disappoint, discourage you and I from even being found faithful to do it. You're always in a battle, always in a battle. And then in verse 3, where Paul says, we were bold in presenting the gospel. And in the previous chapter says, we were waxing bold. And then we just went over the scriptures that talks about Paul was in fear and trembling. And then he says, pray that we may open our mouth boldly, that we may preach the gospel as we ought to. Because we ought to do it, but sometimes we're afraid to do it. So we have to always ask the Lord for the strength and the grace. And always pray for people to be found faithful to give the gospel. And if you can't talk to them, give them a track. Give them something. Tell them about the church. 
Always brag on your church because that's bragging on yourselves. Why? It's your church. Tell people. Try to encourage people. Invite people. We got a program coming up in a couple of weeks. I think it'll be awesome. And a lot of people are going to go somewhere. You know, most people go to church on Christmas and Easter. Resurrection Sunday. But why not have them come here? They're going to go someplace. Let's get them to come here. And so I think that uh, we'll have a good program for them. But now get this. In verse 4, but the multitude of the city was divided. You ought to underline that. Not everybody is always going to be for you or for whatever you're doing. Have you ever noticed how evenly divided almost America is? When it comes to the election, look how, look how it almost evenly divided. So close. Could have won either way. So close. And um, so it divides. And so you have a man and a wife. They're married. Can you have an equally <laughs> division between two married people? Or do they act as one? Or can there be division between the kids and the parents? Or between the parents and their, their parents and grandkids and all kinds of stuff? Man, there's problem. Remember, Jesus made this statement. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but with a sword. Now, wait a minute. What happened to that little baby who was born in the manger? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I remember reading that somewhere in Luke chapter 2, somewhere through there. So here you have these peace on earth. And then he says, I come to bring a sword because it separates, separates. The gospel is very divisive. Because either you believe it or you don't. It's either free or it's not free. It's either by works or it's not. And when you really understand salvation by grace, that's the lens by which you can truly and really see it's not by works. But people who believe in works cannot see grace. They can't understand it. But there is a division. And the gospel causes a division. It causes Families to be against each other. Churches to be against each other. I've had people say, what do we need more churches for? We've got enough churches in America. Yeah, but are they all preaching the same thing? No. Shouldn't every church tell people how to go to heaven the same way? I mean, if there's only one way, then now people ought to tell them the, the right way. But that's not the way it is. So there's a lot of different churches. I got an invitation for somebody who wants to says, they want to be my friend, want me to be a friend to them. I don't even know these people. So I looked at that thing, and I thought, oh, well, I wonder who that is. The name sounds familiar. So I just went ahead, and I clicked on it, and it went to their webpage. And their webpage, this lady is an uh, evangelist, and she's got the gift, and she's a, a preacher now, and she wants to be my friend. Well, I don't think she's going to be my friend because I don't want her telling everybody else Yankee is her friend. <laughs> so I'll click and get out of the thing. So there's people who want to, you know, relate to you because they want to use your name or whatever to somebody else. I, I have to be careful of that junk. But anyway, I know y'all don't have that problem, so y'all don't have to worry about that. But now notice what it says here in verse 5. In verse 5, and when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. What have they done? 
Just telling people how to have eternal life, how to go to heaven when you die. Best news in all the world, and you get persecuted for it. What wrong did they do? Did they rob somebody? Did they shoot somebody? Did they molest somebody? I mean, what did they do? Just told somebody how to have eternal life. And people can hate you more than anything else in the world. In verse 6, when they were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Derby, cities of Laconia, and unto the regions that lieth round about. In other words, they didn't fight back. They left one place and went here, got some people saved, caused more trouble. Everywhere Paul went, it was either a revival or revolt. One way or the other. One way or the other. And so then he says in verse 7, and there they preached, they preached, they preached the gospel. So what's this whole thing about? Going into the world, preaching the gospel. That's what it was about. That's what they did. So this is what we're supposed to do. And uh, look in verse uh, 21, just so that you can get a little head start. In verse 21 of the same chapter, and when they had preached the gospel, they went someplace to preach the gospel. And then when they preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. They went back to Iconium. Well, they had just been chased out of there. Remember? They had to flee. <laughs> Hello, we're back. And that was before Arnold Schwarzenegger ever came along. Now look in verse 8. In verse 8. I don't know if we'll finish all of this. That's okay. We'll just stop wherever we finish. Or finish wherever we stop. We'll stop when we stop. And we'll be finished. In verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Now, this is a... Uh, somebody that God's going to be able to use. And you wonder why did this happen? Now, you notice when you read in the book of John, uh, there was a blind person. They said, well, who, who sinned? His mother or his father or the kid? What, what happened? He says, for the glory of God. In other words, God is going to use that person for his honor and glory. But look how long that person had to sit there. And they waited and waited and waited. Remember when they came to the city and it was, I mean, to the temple and it was going to go in. And lo and behold, this guy's alms, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And Peter says, silver and gold have I a whole bunch over there at the Vatican. <laughs> silver and gold have I none. Boy, I tell you that some things have changed over the years. <laughs> Now they got a, a lot of money. But, of course, we know that uh, Peter was not a, a pope. But he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Well, lo and behold, Paul can do the same thing. Look here. Here's a man that's never walked. In verse 9, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. He believed he had faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and he walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Laconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. The gods have come down. Now, 
Don't get too overexcited too quickly. You always got to be careful of all those who brag and praise you all the time. They might be just looking for a place to put a knife. And sometimes when he says, uh, beware of those bringing gifts. Because generally, if you bring gifts, you must want something. Somebody wants something. So he says here in verse 11, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they call Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gate. Those are wreaths of garlands, wreaths of flowers and so on. And would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of, they rent their clothes. I mean, they tore their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, we're not gods. We're not gods. They thought that they're getting ready to worship them. As though they came down from, you know, these planets and stars and so on. No, 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 no. So they ran out. In verse 15, and saying, sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein who in time past suffered or permitted all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. This is where you find in the book of Romans, you know, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, the goodness of God, telling how good God has been. And when he makes a statement, he says that, up there in the, uh, the, the previous verse, uh, unto you, he should turn from these vanities unto the living God who's done all these wonderful things. And he says, gave up all these things and walk in their own ways in verse 16. Well, you'll also see that uh, that's mentioned in Romans in chapter 1 where he said, and he gave them up and he gave them up and he gave them up. Gave them up so people can do, go your own way, do your own thing. It uh, doesn't stop God from loving them and for paying for their sins, and they can still have eternal life. But they need to know about it. And so he makes a statement here in verse 17. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch, I think they're being followed. And Iconium, get this, who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. It went from a, a god to a monster. They were ready to start bowing down and making sacrifices to them. And now they stone him. And many believed that stoned him and left him for dead because they believed he was dead. And this is a good possibility that in 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, when he says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body. He said, I cannot tell, but such a one was caught up into the third heaven. And I believe that he's talking about himself and what he saw. How would you like to be the great apostle Paul? Would you like to just have been his cohort, just to walk around with him? <laughs> it was dangerous just knowing this guy. I believe there's probably people that, throughout my lifetime have suffered some 
things just because they've been associated with me. And I, and I hate it sometimes because they, they suffer the consequences and they've done nothing wrong. It's just that uh, they're, they're a friend of Yankees. And so they get rejected or so forth. Now, not a lot, but there had been some. But look what he says in verse 21 now. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. Remember, they just came from Iconium. They're in verse 19. Now they're going to go back there and go through it all over again. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. You know, if you're going to tell people to continue in the faith, I guess you've got to do it too, huh? Don't let nothing stop you. Well, I guess they can't let anything stop them either. Continuing in the faith that we made through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. It ain't over yet. We're not there yet. A lot of persecution is going to happen. A lot of sorrow. But be found faithful. And God will bless. I want you to look up here. This hand represents you and me. And this wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. But for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. We've all sinned and come short of God's perfection. Because of sin, see, we can't get in. And God says, you cannot save yourself. You're already condemned. There's nothing you can do to remove yourself from the condemnation. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into this world. Why? Because he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. So what did he do to prove that he loved us? What if he said, well, I love you, but he didn't do anything about it. Love made him do something. So he took all of our sins and paid for it. This showed us how much he loved us. We didn't have to pay him back. He paid for our sins, and we didn't even ask him to. There's no guarantee that we would even believe it. But it made it possible for everybody to have eternal life. And so God says, he paid for our sins and came back from the dead. And if we would believe he did it for us, he would put that payment to our account and we go to heaven on what Christ did for us. If you've never trusted Christ, I urge you to trust him. Let's pray, shall we? With head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Right now in the quietness of this moment, would you just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I believe Christ died. I believe he paid for my sins. And I'm going to trust him and him alone as my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, if you'll trust him, God said he would save you, give you eternal life. Would you trust him? If you will, I'd like to pray for you. Would you slip your hand very quickly and put it right back down? I'm not going to have you forward, but right where you're sitting. See, that made sense to me. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, in view of what I spoke on this morning, you that already know the Lord, some of you have already made up your decision, but you that haven't, and you're not sure about what God wants you to would you pray about it? Would you do what somebody asked me to do? Yankee, would you just pray about it? Would you pray to the Lord? Lord, do you want me to come to Bible college? Do you want me to take a night class? What do you want me to do? What does God want you to do concerning your finances? Are you really supporting the Lord's work the way you should? That you have no guilt that you're failing the Lord? I don't know. I never look at the books. I don't care who gives what. But I'm talking about one day we'll have to give an account to the Lord. But this morning you say, yes, I want God's will for my life. 
and I will pray about it. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Say, what at all? Yeah, what at all? If you've already made up your decision, I pray this in the Lord's favor. Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. Bless each one here, and we pray, Lord, that those that are watching by internet would also see and hear and understand, trust you as Savior, and let us know by just clicking on the computer. We commit this day to you. Thank you for all you've done. Bless us in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.